We're going to read together uh, from the chapter we were uh, looking at last uh, Wednesday evening on this subject, The Just Shall Live by Faith. And just to develop a few more thoughts uh, along that line tonight, uh, please. So uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to read some of the verses we read last week, but also going to read a bit further with the intention that we're hoping to get a bit further tonight than we did last week. <clears throat> now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, <clears throat> excuse me, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds are framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. For without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, as many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Amen. We conclude our reading there for now and we trust that the Lord will add his blessing to his word. We have been uh, thinking of the subject, the just living by faith and uh, how you and I can live by faith in a world uh, where it's not very easy to do so. And these Old Testament examples, these <coughs> Old Testament characters, are examples of people who've lived by faith in a world that it wasn't easy to do so. And uh, you and I can learn from them how we can live by faith and really what it means for the just or the Christian who has saving Christ can live by faith. And uh, as was alluded to in our opening prayer, we certainly need our faith strengthened very much. There's so much to weaken it, so much to stagger it, so much to shake it, so much to make us doubt, so much to make us fearful these days. And you and I need our faith enlarged and increased and strengthened and matured and deepened and enriched. And uh, uh, the, 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 it's only possible to do that uh, 
um, through the word of God. And I trust as a result of just uh, spending time together in these verses in Hebrews 11 that your faith might be in some even small measure uh, strengthened. By way of recap, we discovered that first of all, faith obtains the righteousness of God in Christian life. And we were referring there particularly to verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 11 and God's servant uh, Abel and how he obtained uh, righteousness by faith. But thank God this evening, the just shall live by faith. And the first lesson is, we learn about that is from the example of God's servant Abel, is that faith in the offering of Jesus Christ obtains the righteousness of God in Christian life. And uh, thank God for that assurance, absolute assurance, without doubts, without ifs, without buts, and without questions. The just live by faith and the authority of the word of God and by faith in Jesus Christ. Wonderful. In the things of righteousness in your life and mine, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that you and I cannot see. Could I add to that? Even the things that you and I cannot feel. And sometimes we don't feel, but we don't need to feel because the just live by faith and faith obtains the righteousness of God in Christian life. We're going to move on this evening to verse 5 and um, I've put it on the title of verse 5 really and, and God's servant Enoch. Faith receives the strength of God to walk a pleasing life. The writer refers to Enoch here, the seventh man from Adam. By faith, Enoch was translated, uh, so was translated that he should not see death, that he and and was not found because God had translated him. For before before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. The account of Enoch's life is very short in the Bible, actually, in comparison to many other characters, but. That doesn't underestimate the significance of his life of faith. And it doesn't prevent him either hanging in God's gallery of Hebrews 11 of the great characters of faith, even though uh, the history of his life is rather small. Genesis 5 and 22, if you just turn back to Genesis 5 and 22, please, for a moment. And you can keep your, your finger in Genesis if you like, because we might be referring back to it a time or two. Genesis 5 and 22 tells us how long Enoch walked with God. Genesis 5 and 22. <clears throat> and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah, that's his son, 300 years, and begat sons and daughters. So it tells us there that Enoch walked with God for 300 years. We discover in Genesis 5 and verse 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. That's all we have in Genesis with regards to the life of Enoch. But we discover in Jude 14 that God's servant Jude uh, alludes to Enoch. And uh, in what he says, there is something very significant about the faith of this man, Enoch. And if you find Revelation and go back a page, you'll get Jude. And it's only one page, really, uh, of a, a little letter. Um, <clears throat> 25 verses in it altogether. 
and verse 14, we find that Jude mentions Enoch. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard, uh, their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So there you have it. That's the sum total of the references in the word of God to Enoch. But it's clear from what is said about him that Enoch had a very clear faith in God. Jude says about Enoch that he had the faith to believe and prophesy about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Christ's coming with his saints to set up his kingdom on earth one day as promised. Now that was a mighty vision of faith for the day that Enoch lived in. But Jude refers to that. So Enoch Enoch clearly was a man of faith who walked with God and in doing so pleased God for 300 years. Now I don't know what about you. There's no chance of us living for 300 years anyway. There might be a chance some of us might live to 100. I've met a few um, who have lived that long. But it's a remarkable testimony whenever you think about it. Enoch walked with God and pleased him for 300 years. Turn with me back again to Genesis chapter 6 and and 5 and 6 where we get a glimpse into what sort of a world there was when Enoch walked with God and in doing so pleased him. Genesis chapter 6 and 5 to 6. And God saw that the man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he had made him on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. According to this, it would appear that Enoch lived at a time when there was great wickedness on the earth. The imagination of man's heart was only evil continually. However, despite the wickedness and the evil that surrounded the world that Enoch would have lived in, God records that he walked with God or with him in that environment and pleased him and did that for 300 years. I repeat again, that's a remarkable testimony to a life that's lived by faith. Doesn't mean that Enoch never made a mistake. It doesn't mean that he never made a wrong judgment or did a wrong thing or thought a wrong thought. For the man who lived like that hasn't yet been born except for Jesus Christ, the perfect, sinless Son of God. But it did mean, however, that God was pleased with how Enoch walked with him. Since he put his personal faith in God at the time his son Methuselah was born, when Enoch was 65 years of age. And he walked with God from that day For 300 years, people lived a lot longer then than they do now. Until he was translated, or God took him from the earth in some extraordinary manner, 
without experiencing the sting of death or the grave. And he entered the presence of God in heaven. Now, in context of what we're thinking about this evening, and that is a subject of faith, just living by it, the question is, how did Enoch walk with God in a way that pleased him for such a long time in a wicked, sinful, evil, corrupted world? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5 gives you the answer. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5 gives you the answer. By faith, Enoch once translated that he should not see God and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. It was by faith that Enoch obviously received the strength, the power, the ability to enable him to walk with God in such a way that pleased God for such a long time. Now, I don't need to remind you that we live in a wicked world that is saturated with sin and with evil and with corruption and with wickedness, with immorality, with violence, with atheism, and much, much more. And the Bible calls it pagan Babylon, and it's a very fitting description. And all of us, but especially Christian young people, but all of us are feeling the pressure from living in a day where it's really not seen as, if I can quote a modern word, to, uh, very cool to walk with God. If it was a, a, for a child in school or a young person in university or somebody in the sports field or in the gym or in the workplace, in the office or wherever you work. The pressure can also be felt in Christian home and family where Christian values are under attack. And let's face it, it's not always easy to please God in some of the choices that we have to make as we live for him. Wherever God has placed us or wherever God has placed you, and to do that day by day, not to mention year after year. I would think it's a tall enough order to walk with God and please him for a whole day. Not to mention a whole week, a whole month, a whole year, and every year of your Christian life. The question is, how can we walk to please God and stand fast to please him in our wicked day and generation and do that year after year wherever God has placed us and whatever situation we find ourselves in? And the answer has to be found in the way that Enoch did in his day. And that was, tell me, by faith. It was through living faith in God that Enoch received the strength to walk a life that pleased him. And you know, it's the same for you and me today. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5 and 4 to 5. And if you've got Jude, if you go back, you'll get 1 John. 1 John chapter 5 and 4 to 5. First John chapter 5 and 4 to 5. 
For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now according to that, it's those who have personal faith in the person of God and saving faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and complete faith in the Word of God can really know what it is to overcome or live in some measure of victory in the battle that, is, that you and I fight day and daily with the godless spirit of the world that we live in. And that's only possible because God gives to you and me his Holy Spirit to indwell and to infill our lives day by day and moment by moment. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. Chapter 8 and verse 9. Just turn it up. I think it's good to look at it. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. We read, Paul mentions this. Romans chapter 8. And verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, Paul writes, writing to the people of God, Christians, the just people, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And as God gives his Spirit, you and I receive his strength and his power so that we so much need to walk with God and to do that in a way that pleases him. For you and I can't do that in our own strength. But God has given to his Holy, his Holy Spirit to give you and I the strength to do that. That we might walk with him and please him. Turn to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, uh, he promised the disciples... He would give them the power or the strength that they needed to walk with him and please him. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Here is his promise to his disciples. But ye shall receive power. That word power, many of you will know, if not all of you will know, that's dynamic power, the word from which dynamite comes. So this is dynamic power. Ye shall receive dynamic power, dynamic strength. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts. One little practical facet of the ministry is to give the Christian strength, give the Christian that dynamic power to walk, to be witnesses for God, to walk and to please him. And he does that in sufficient, in, in sufficient measure Wherever God has placed us, because wherever God has placed you will be different to where God has placed me. And the challenges you find to walk with God will be different where you are than where I am. Whatever circumstances we're in, your circumstances tonight might be totally different to mine are. But God will give us that sufficient measure of strength and power to walk with him 
and to please him for as long as God spares us to live on the earth. It came to my attention just Deuteronomy 32 and 25. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. The promise to Asher of old. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesian believers to tell them, amongst other things, that he was praying for them. God would strengthen them by his Spirit in the inner man. Is there someone this evening and you're feeling it hard to walk in such a way that pleases God in your Christian life wherever God has placed you? In your marriage? In your workplace? In your family? In your university? In your daily life? Coping with the temptations to sin? perhaps, feeling inadequate to others, perhaps, discouragements around difficult circumstances, perhaps, weakness in your ability to serve the Lord and 101 other things that can infiltrate our minds and our hearts. How can we walk with God and please him? The just to live by faith. There's no other way for a Christian to live and by faith realize that the same Lord who strengthened Enoch to walk a pleasing life for 300 years before Jesus came, before Jesus died, before Jesus arose, before Jesus went ever back to heaven, before Jesus ever sent the Holy Spirit into the world, is the same God who can strengthen you and I tonight to do the same as Enoch did. By faith, realize that when you gave your life to Jesus and got saved, received, Holy Spirit to indwell your heart and fill your life. Holy Spirit is able to give you the dynamic power you need to strengthen you to walk with God. For none of us can do it in our own strength. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isn't that good? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And by faith just you wait on the Lord every day and ask him, to strengthen you. Strengthen me, Lord, with might by the Spirit in my inner man to walk with you, Lord, and to please you and help me to do that day in and day out as long as you spare me. Isaiah 40 and 29, the promise is there. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You're here tonight to wait upon the Lord so that the Holy Spirit might renew your strength to walk with God and to do it in a way that might please him in a world where it's not easy to do. So living by faith obtains the righteousness of God in Christian life and it receives the strength of God to walk a pleasing life. And then the other thought this evening I'll leave with you is this. It provides the protection of God in family life or it can provide the protection of God in family life. Verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 11, we'll refer to one or two other verses here now that we haven't read this evening, but for the moment, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness of God, which is by faith. 
there you have a reference uh, to the uh, great-grandfather of Enoch, Noah, and his faith in the building of the ark. Uh, that wooden vessel built to float in water as a place of refuge from the flood that God had said would come because of the great wickedness that he saw uh, on the earth. Noah was moved by faith to build it. Bear in mind, he never had seen rain before. Never mind see a flood. And here he's building a vessel to float on water as a result of rain that came as a flood. Came as a flood. He built it by faith. It was a place of refuge from a potential flood. Something he'd never seen before. But also, in doing so, the faith of Noah provided protection for his family. What does it say in Hebrews 11 and 7? Look at it again. By faith Noah being warned of God, uh, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And in Genesis 6 and 7, Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives, with him into the ark, because of the waters of the flood. So clearly, the faith of Noah provided the protection of God for the saving of his family from the wrath of God poured out in judgment on the earth at the time. Now, turn to Hebrews 11.23, where mention is made of another family who by faith provided the protection of God in family life. Hebrews 11, verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid, of, was hid three months of his parents, and his parents were called Amram and Jochebed, because they saw that he was a proper child or a goodly child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. If you were to turn back to Exodus chapter 1 and 15 to 17, maybe we'll do that. That'll keep you from falling asleep on me at the, the exercise in the prayer meeting tonight. <coughs> Uh, we're not swinging the arms about. Well, you are moving your hands about. I suppose that's a good thing. Turning the pages. Um, Exodus chapter 1 and 15 to 17. We get a bit of detail about the, to the background to this that we've just read. Um, Exodus 1 and verses 15 to 17. The king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Simra and the name of the other Pua. And he said, when you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women... And see them upon the stools. If it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then you shall, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. So it was, Moses was one of the babies that were saved by the midwives. Because they feared God, they didn't obey the command of the king, which was to kill all the baby boys. And Moses was one of those babies which were, which, who survived. Right. His parents took him and hid him for three months. 
trusting that God would protect him from the king of Egypt. But after three months, well, babies begin to cry a lot more and shout a bit more, maybe. And it was a bit more difficult to hide him any longer. So by faith, what do they do? Well, he Exodus chapter 2 and 1 to 4. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a, to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived Amram and bare a son, a Jochebed, Amram Jochebed. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. And his sister, Moses' sister, stood afar, there was Miriam, stood afar off to wit what should be done to him. So by faith, they line up uh, an ark of bull, they make a, an ark of bulrushes and they line it with pitch. By faith, they take the three-month baby Moses, they put him in the basket, lowered it into the river, set it floating on the water. And by faith, Amram and Jochebed committed Moses to the care of God as they watched the basket float away out of their sight. And his sister stood there wondering, what will become of him? You can't blame her. But we all know what became of Moses. Because history records all of, at all for us. The rest is history. The point is, it was by faith that Amram and Jochebed entrusted Moses into the keeping care of God. If God had a special purpose and plan for Moses, and he did, God would look after him and protect him. And he did in a miraculous way. So faith secured protection of God in family life for Amram and Jochebed and Noah. Now, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31 this time. And we'll soon finish off now. Whereas mention is made of another family who were protected by faith of someone in it. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she received the spies with peace. According to Joshua chapter 2, 3 to 6, a woman called Rahab lived in the city of Jericho. And she was the person who hid the two spies who were sent by Moses to spy out the land of Canaan. And she hid them in the roof of her house and she covered them with flax, I think it was, the king of Jericho. And in Joshua chapter 2, let's turn back to Joshua chapter 2. I'm conscious though of your time and your prayer time. We need to get to prayer. Joshua chapter 2 and 15 to 16. <coughs> Rehob let these two men escape. Then she let them down by a cord through the window for her house was upon the town wall and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. So Rahab let these two men escape whenever the king of Jericho was searching for them. Look at Joshua chapter 2 and verse 8. 
verse, uh, just for the sake of time perhaps, we look at verse uh, 12. Rahab said to these two men, Now therefore, verse 11, beg your pardon. As soon as we had heard these things, Rahab said to these two men, before she let them down to escape, Our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, Rahab said, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. So by faith, Rahab put her faith in God for the first time, in Israel's God, the God of the two spies that had been sent in. As a result, that they, they promised that the God she had put her faith in would protect her and her family when Jericho was invaded. Verse 21 of Joshua chapter 2. And she, according to your words, so be it. She said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. You can get all the detail about that in other verses there, but we'll not take time tonight to read them. But Rahab hung out the scarlet rope. And when Jericho was invaded, by Joshua, and the walls fell down flat. Rahab and her whole family were protected and kept safe. Joshua chapter 6, 25. Joshua chapter 6, 25. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. That was a remarkable thing that happened when you think of it. All the walls fell down flat. This one house on the walls didn't fall. And everybody in it spared. And the question has to be asked, how did it happen? Well, the answer is found in Hebrews 11.31. By faith, perished not with those who did not believe. Let's tie this up here just briefly now as we bring this point to a close. The protection of Rahab's family was cursured by a living faith in God. The protection of Noah's family was secured by a living faith in God. And the protection of Moses' family was secured by a living faith. And there's a lesson there for family life today. Living faith in God, which worked for the Old Testament examples in protecting their families, can still secure a good measure of protection in family life today and how much that's needed. There seems to be an onslaught in family life and values. I mean, even, even the definition of what a family is has been altered. The definition of what constitutes a marriage has been altered. Children are growing up in, a, in, in such a, a, I mean, I don't need to remind you of these things, but children are growing up in a, in a wicked world where their minds can be permeated and their lives influenced with evil at the push of a button on the internet. At a very young age, and you talk to anybody who's working in that department in the police, they'll confirm that. Because I know a man who was an inspector in that department 
And he said, Raymond, it would scare you how young the children are that are getting hooked on it at a very young age. Not to mention this pushing of drugs. I mean, yesterday evening, I was just, or yesterday, I was at a funeral in Lisbon and talking to a grandmother, and I was just asking her about her grandson, who, who used to be a, a, um, um, a pupil at Friends School in Lisbon, and he's now working. And in his work, he had to leave it because drugs were being pushed every day on him. Carpooled in, woman got out. And that's the pressure. All sorts of places that's been pushed, not just the clubbing venues. And you and I are so protected from it, really. And, uh, but how can Christian parents secure the protection of family life these days from that sort of onslaught? Well, I think the good news is the same way Noah, Amrab, Jochebed, and Rahab did, which was by their genuine faith, which was lived by faith in God. And faith in God can still build an ark of protection for our children when the, from the flood of evil that's sweeping the world. It can still weave a basket of protection which can still protect our children from the onslaughts of the king of Egypt that is out to destroy them. As he was in the days of Moses. And it can still hang out a red cord from the window of the Christian home what can still protect it from the invasion and secure the protection of the family. And when a life is filled with genuine faith, of God, with faith in God day by day and family life, if it's not lived out, it's not no good. Um, lived out in family life, it is still a great help in providing that protection that's so much needed in family life. Perhaps tonight there is a Christian parent and you're worried about your family or your extended family circle. Uh, some are saved, some are not. Some are drifting into the world. Some are influenced by the wrong company. You look on and you're worried. You wait at night, lie awake at night for them coming in. Or you lie awake at night thinking about them. Through faith and prayer you can build the ark. You can weave the basket. You can hang out the rope out of the window of your home. And when God sees you doing that by faith. He can provide the protection that's needed to hedge them in. Now it's not a foolproof guarantee to nothing harmful getting through the hedge of protection of times. Let's be honest about it. And realistic about it. But certainly the reality of living by faith in God in family life. And it gives such a source of hope whenever, if things will go wrong. Faith is the substance of things you might hope for. And is the evidence of things that you cannot see in the life of your family. And mine too, Lippe.